Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Oh, you've been waiting a long time for this. All football season long, but welcome to the Michigan, Michigan State Week of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins. Evan, we're just going to jump right into this. Where do you want to start first? Because there's so many different avenues to go down. I want to start, I think, from the Michigan point of view on how they win this game. Very good, Evan. You've been reading my notes because that's where I wanted to go in the car. So I Jedi mind tricked you into this. <laughs> or great minds think alike. Or great minds think alike. So um, for Michigan, it, it, it's it's a couple of things. You have the game plan. Stick to the game plan. Don't get distracted. Don't get too hyped up in this week. Don't retaliate when players come after you. Don't retaliate when things get chippy. Follow the Michigan game plan. That game plan is methodical. That's the key word for Michigan. It ain't flashy. It ain't pretty. It's got some fans wanting a quarterback switch. I keep telling you, you're not switching your quarterback with five games to go and you got a bunch of top 15 teams to play. You don't do that. It's not fair to J.J. You could destroy that kid's confidence if you stick him in. If you started him at Spartan Stadium they're going to change their defense. It, it, it would probably look like the Devin Gardner game when Devin just got hammered all game long. And Devin said he, it, it was just like they had 15 guys out there. That's why you can't. Methodical. Play your game. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Turn this into 2003 when Chris Perry ran had it like 52, 52 times. 52 times for some 200-plus yards, but he was only averaging 3.5 yards a carry. And every third down, he would just get just, get just enough for that first down. You, that game plan worked. Wasn't a ton of throws. For Michigan, you got to keep this score low, okay? 
You cannot try to get into a shootout. You cannot. This can, I mean, don't turn the ball over. Rely on your defense because you have one of the top defenses in the nation and just methodically eat the clock. You're not playing stall ball, but this brand of football has worked. And it, as I stated before, it's not pretty, but it can happen. And when, then when you can, occasionally you mix in a pass or two. But some key numbers, for if for Michigan to win this game, I think the score does not get uh, – neither team scores more than 24 points. So you keep the score 24 or lower. You keep Cade to probably around 20 or less pass attempts because that means you're controlling the game. He doesn't have to throw. Mm-hmm. And you basically, with, with Corm and Haskins, you just rotate those guys in there. You may not hit the home runs, but you, you're getting just enough to wear down the Michigan State uh, defense so that you're keeping them on the ball. And on defense, if you're Michigan – you can pressure. I, I think the key is not everybody's like, oh, you got to stop Kenneth Walker. If you can get pressure on Peyton Thorne, because that's what Nebraska and and Indiana was able to do. They got pressure on Thorne. It wasn't the fact, oh, we're going to stop Walker. I mean, Walker finished with 87 yards against Indiana, which is good. But I see, I, we're so used to him getting 200 yard games that when he got 87 yards, it was like, well, you know, he sucked. Well, he averaged a little over three point, like 3.7 yards a carry, which as a running back, going back to what I said with Chris Perry, that's enough. But also, they couldn't balance out the offense. And don't let people forget either, he was making those yards. His line was really bad against Indiana. So, right. He well, that's, had what to I, and, but that's what I'm saying. Michigan State rotates nine guys in. You find those mismatches, and if you can get in there and you can create pressure on Peyton Thorne, that's when the offense goes into haywire. When it's clicking, then they can play action. They can go deep. They can do a lot of stuff. They can do the draw. They can do the sweeps. They can do everything. He's he, he Now he's a kid in the candy store. But when you pressure him so far, he has not handled the pressure well. It took a trick play in Indiana to kind of stabilize the offense to get them the lead back. And then they were able to play from downhill. But that's the key to me is, is getting Ojabu and, and and Hutchinson getting in there, you know, Nazi, all getting pressure on Peyton Thorne is the key because I do think that, and we'll talk about it later for how Michigan State can win. Normally it's whoever can run the ball. I think both teams, whether you, I know everybody hates each other, but. Man, both teams have great rushing attacks. Not good, but great rushing attacks. It's the quarterback situation. Whichever quarterback can control the game. For Kay McNamara, controlling the game means I don't have to throw the ball. I can rely on Corum. I can rely on Haskins to move the rock. And when needed, on a third and six, I can drop back, throw it eight yards, pick up the first down. That's what you got to do. So for Michigan... That's the key. Can't get caught up in the hype. Play your methodical game. And, guys, please don't – methodical is not a negative term. Methodical is what Wisconsin does. It's how they play. It's how Iowa play. It's like certain teams just grind you to dust. Yeah, the way that I see it when you say methodical, it's you're doing what you want to do and they're not going to stop you. Right. I, I completely agree with that, and I agree that's what Michigan needs to do to win. But I think 
what's going to be very, very, very important for Michigan is fourth down. There's a lot of times this year where Jim Harbaugh has decided to go for it on fourth down. There's also a lot of times where he's decided to go for it on fourth down on his side of the field. I'll be very interested to see what choice he makes early on when that game is tight. Is but he going to choose to do that on his side see, of the ball? Here's the thing. Once again, yes, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I do. I play my game. You don't break tendency. This has worked for you. So let it keep working for you until it doesn't, Evan. Now, if he does it and he goes for it on his own 38 and gets stopped, maybe we don't do that. Okay, their defensive line is a little too strong, stronger than what I thought. But until it doesn't work, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I keep doing it. Yeah. You got Michigan State would have to prove to me that they could stop my fourth downs. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. And I think that's going to be very, very interesting early on in the game because, I mean, we both know that that he loves to run the ball. And on fourth and one, I completely agree. You go for it more times than none unless you're in your own 20 or within your own 40. It's still a little iffy. But if you're confident. But see, it, it, I, and like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. The thing is, MSU is one of the better teams in tackles for loss. Absolutely. So it's great when you get it, but if you now all of a sudden give, you know, MSU the field, a short field, and they only got to go 38 yards to score rather than 68 yards to score, you're probably guaranteeing at least three points out of that. Yeah, for sure. And then on on Michigan's side of the like when they're playing defense, I do think that they need to pressure Thorne because when you were saying that, it made me think. Michigan State doesn't throw a lot of ten yard passes. Mm-mm. They throw a lot, not a lot of quick passes either. They don't do their bubble screens as much as they used to under Mark D'Antonio, and you don't see a lot of crossing routes. So Michigan State's going to have to have some quicker throws out of their offense, whether it's a, a screen where you let their aggressiveness hurt them, or those quick intermediate, well, so here's even some thing. stop routes. The screen that Michigan State tries to throw, because I say try because they have, man, other teams have figured that thing out. Big time. I mean, they tried to screen, they tried to double screen, and the guys are just sitting there like, hi, mm-hmm. we're not falling for this, so just go ahead and run around and take the, the sack or throw it out of bounds. This play, it's busted. Yes, and I think the only thing that Michigan really has to do is not commit Dumb penalties, right? Unless you have Reed or Naylor streaking down the field and he's going to catch it, then you can trip him up for a pass interference. But you can't have what happened last year happen again this year. You can't let them abuse you. And what I mean by that is if they're not going to catch the ball, don't make it because of a penalty, right? right? Let them mess up. And I just think if Michigan pressures and Michigan State didn't take two weeks to to practice this, they could have a field day out there. But I don't know because... But speaking of penalties, I think that's the key matchup is normally you say watch the corners, but I would say uh, Horse and and Hutchinson. Okay. That matchup could get nasty, and honestly, Evan, it may be if the refs catch who retaliates that's who's going to get the penalty it's what's usually happened in these games in the past so, it's been the second person that does it I, I think that they're going to go at each other uh hurst is known for picking up a lot of cheap shots oh yeah and you know it, it, it that that's just something to watch out for penalty wise so 
But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, and I, and I think Daxton Hill is going to be huge for the Michigan defense. He is their back half of their defense, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Because I know Mike McDonald likes to blitz Daxton Hill a little bit see, here and there. I don't know if you can. I don't think Daxton Hill is going to play that big of a part in the game. And, and you know, for Michigan fans, oh, he's all American. No, no, no. I think Daxton Hill's job, if, if, if I'm Mike McDonald, your job is to basically neutralize Jaden Reed. You know, well, he did a great nothing. job of it last year. Yeah. Reed had what, maybe one catch, I think. Jaden Reed, right? Jaden Reed doesn't do anything. Okay, and we'll deal with everybody else, but we're going to take one of their favorite toys, and he's not going to be able to play today. He's on punishment, and yeah. that, and that's what I'm going to do. Now, the the bad side to that is he's great safety. And you don't have him back there at safety. You're using him for one thing and one thing only in this game. And it's going to leave you a little vulnerable that you're going to need some other guys to step up. And your other safeties are good, but they're not Daxon Hill good. Right. But the fact that he's a safety that's good enough to cover and cover the top receiver and cover the top receiver well, I'm not blitzing him. Because if I blitz him and you don't hit home with that blitz, or that's the day that, you know, Payne, I mean, Peyton Thorne decides to hit that quick out, quick slant. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you got Reed running in space. That's a matchup you're going to lose. So this goes back to what I said earlier. Don't you, methodical. Don't do take the your chances. Game. Right. Do not change what you've done. Uh, like, we've talked about this in episodes past where I don't necessarily think Harbaugh's playing for next year or down the road. It's this year Harbaugh's and this year only. Each, Harbaugh is like the guy living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. And you know what? He knows what's getting the job done. So they need to run the ball 50 times. Yeah. They need to. So. And and hit Corum to the outside. Stop trying to jam him up the middle. You got Haskins for that. And that kid is a bully with the ball in his hands. And I think the turnover battle, I know it's cliche to say within a football game, but if one team forces two turnovers, I think you can just – it's over, right? Yeah. Right. Well, that, I don't that's think what either team is good enough to overcome that. So, right, because uh, the running backs, Corm and Haskins, don't fumble. No. So you're not going to get them dropping Walker. the ball. I don't think Walker has ever fumbled in his college career. Right. I'm just talking about from Michigan's side. Yeah. It would have to come from picks. And, you know, when you're playing your methodical game, Kate doesn't throw picks. He threw the one against Northwestern, but his passes are, are very – Jared Goff safe. A lot Drew of them Brees are five safe. yards to seven right. he yards. He doesn't have a ton of air yards on his passes. When he does chuck it and go deep, he unfortunately he misses his receiver. So that's why I say just stay in your lane and do what you got to do, and you can get the job done. You'll win a close game. At that, I mean, if they do that way, they they end up kicking more field goals than scoring touchdowns, but you could win it a 23-14 type of game. Yeah, I imagine it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if halftime you see seven nothing, ten to seven, something along those lines, and then in the fourth quarter you see, kind you of say see that. It. Normally, when you say that, then that's just like the you know halftime score is forty-five to yeah. forty-four. Well, I think it, it's going to be a lot like a couple years ago when Michigan came into Michigan State and it was a seven-seven game in the third quarter when Brian Lewerke could not throw the football, but they managed to stay seven-seven. Then Donovan Peoples got went down the sideline and the game opened up. And I think that's how it's going to happen, where it's going to be close and then one team will pull away. I don't think we're going to see. Yeah, that's when you're just waiting for that first mistake, and the first mistake was 
the uh, I think it was Shakur Brown fell. Yeah, and he tried. He no, he dove for he dove, him instead of. Yeah, he just, dove to try to get the interception and missed. Yeah, Peoples Jones just took it down the sideline. Exactly, and I think that that's going to be. You're not going to see a photo finish. You're not going to see a trouble with the snap. I don't think you're going to see even a few years ago when they went at Michigan and it was raining and Michigan still had a chance. No, to, what you what you may see is you may see it come down to a defensive stop or a field goal attempt. Now, whether that goes through or not, it's a different story, but I think you may, it may come down to one team, you know, it's fourth and six, and we, we got to score a touchdown. We can't kick the field goal. So on that play, does the defense rise up, get the stop, and then take the victory position and, and walk away with the victory? If it comes down to a field goal, as, as a, a person that likes the Spartans, does Coughlin make you a little nervous? Coughlin always makes me nervous. Always. It seems like and, and, he can make And I feel the kicks. opposite. When I look at Moody, I'm just like, Nails. Money in the bank. Nails. You walk off the room, that's three points right there. That kid is unbelievable. And the fact that he, I mean, this he's a junior, and they still played this kicker roulette because of Quinn Nordine, and I'm like, yeah. Moody is nails Moody, out there. Yeah, if it came down to a final kick, I mean. I would have more confidence in him than Coughlin. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to wait for the crowd to see because I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to look at it. I, if I hear cheers and I know it's on the way and it's good, and then I'll look up. Mm-hmm. If I hear, oh, then I know. Ah, way to go. Way to go. Way to go, Ginger. You screwed us again. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird because the kicks that you're like, okay, he's got this, blows him, but then he'll make like a 51-yarder into the wind, and yeah. you're like, where did that come from? Yeah. And this is also the all-time kicking leader in Michigan State history yeah. who's had pretty good kickers. I think they have one in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Anderson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Martin Anderson. and then, But now we got to talk about what Michigan State needs to do in order to win. I mean, we kind of hinted on it a little what bit. What Michigan State needs to do in order to win is establish Peyton Thorne. Yes, I now, agree. I, I I read something last night, and, and it just kind of shows you that the – when people always say, well, this game just means so much more to Michigan State and it's their Super Bowl, how about maybe Michigan State just does their homework? Maybe Michigan State isn't the teacher's pet because they shine the apple. Maybe they just actually do their work and you don't. But when I read the article, and, and I hear – Vincent Gray, the corner last year, Basically say, I had no idea who Ricky Green was. Ricky White. Ricky White. Ricky White was. And we didn't prepare for him. And we didn't, I mean, basically saying they didn't do their homework for the game. Well, I mean, um, Joe Milton essentially said the same thing, too, when he was asked about Antoine Simmons. And he's like, who's that? Who's that? And it's like, what? Okay. Once again, you want to know why you, for what, nine of the last 14 times you've lost to Michigan State, that attitude right there. Do you know the most focused and dialed-in Michigan team curb stomped Michigan State? I think it was the 2019 game. It was that Part game we that, talked about with Lewerke. Yes. No, no, no. It was at Michigan. Is they, they, they? Oh, they won 44 right. to 10. But, but you know what? I saw, I saw a dialed-in Michigan team. When I hear, oh, we were feeling ourselves. We had just beat Minnesota, and we didn't. Ricky White, I didn't know who Ricky White was. It was like, okay, not asking you to learn who the eighth or ninth wide receiver, but Ricky White was the fourth receiver. And when Trey Mosley went down, Ricky White kind of slid into that spot. You had no idea who he was, and then you came out to admit that you you really, you you didn't put in the work. It's going to be different this year. 
oh, okay. It, it just it leads me to wonder: can is Michigan's arrogance going to get to them again? Oh well, there's no way they can beat us again because you know Mel Tucker is he's going to say he's going to try to drag them into the deep end. Mel Tucker, it's going to come down to Peyton Thorn. If Peyton Thorn can establish himself, and if I'm Michigan State, if I'm Mel Tucker, if I'm Jay Johnson. I'm running a lot of passing plays early. I'm going to run a lot of crossing routes. I'm going to run a lot of things to get him in rhythm. Not necessarily going deep, but I'm talking six-yard passes, seven-yard passes, things to move the chain so that you can now open up. Because Michigan, if I'm Michigan, you know what? I'm going to bring the heat. Now, I don't know if they got the linebackers of Indiana, and I don't know if they got the linebackers of Nebraska, but those that, that was the difference in stopping Absolutely. And, and Ross is good, but there's not a second one. Right. So the thing is, if you could establish the pass, it'll open up some more lanes for Walker. Because if, if it's nonstop, I'm just bringing the heat, bringing the heat, and he's trying to throw the ball deep, that's, that's, not, a, 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 that's not an ideal situation. For Michigan State, man, test the Michigan corners. See if they did their homework this year. See if they're ready. Now, I'm not throwing the ball to Daxon Hill. I'm just going to tip my cap and say, you, my friend, are an All-American. You're going to get the day off. You won't see a pass. You're going to get the Deion Sanders. You're going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment. I'm not throwing to your side of the field. I'm going to focus on Jalen Naylor. And I think the guy, if Michigan State, for Michigan State to win, Trey Mosley will be the key guy. Trey Mosley will kind of play the role of Ricky White last year because that means Trey is on their worst corner. Right. So I'm leaving it up to Trey to break tendencies. Now, Michigan has switched from man, and they do a lot of zone now. So the key is for Peyton Thorne is to recognize and be able to hit the guy that's open quickly and keep the chains moving. But I think it all comes down. The winner of this game is whoever plays quarterback best. And Peyton Thorne has shown, because a lot of people only like to talk about the two games where he struggled, and I can point to five games where he looked good. Well, they didn't play any. We're not doing that, okay? Newsflash. Okay, hey, listen to me. I'm going to say this slow for the people in the back. Neither team has played a dynamic schedule. But in the five games that he did, because I always love it. Well, well, in those two games, what about the five games where he lit things up? Right. So more than likely, he lights it up more than he gets bottled up. For them, it comes down to Thorne and testing Michigan corners because I don't think the Michigan corners are good. Find that mismatch, and and occasionally, if you can, especially if Dax Hill, I, I mean, I would just run Jaden Reed deep routes. Like, dude, I'm sorry. You, you can get a couple days off because you're going to be tired because you you're running sprints today. That's all you are. I'm just going to take you and make you run sprints. And then occasionally, I'll just have it make it look like you're just running a quick out route and have Dax stand on the side leaving me the rest of the field, and then try to hit the deep pass with no Daxon Hill back there. Well, and Reed's the perfect guy because I think he would accept that for a win. Right. I mean, he did last year. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything. No problem with it. And I, and I mean, his, his stature is bigger this year because of what he's done. Right. But I don't think he would have any problem doing that. And I think what you said, running the out routes, heck, making him fake like he's running a bubble screen where right. it keeps him in, whatever that might be, I think you're absolutely right. You take away... Michigan's best thing on defense is what? Let's be honest. It's Hutchinson and then it's Hill, right? right? And that's two levels of the D. Hutchinson's going to be way harder to take out of the game than Daxton Hill is. Right. And see, I would I would use Hutchinson's aggressiveness against him. Absolutely. 
and run towards him. Let him draw him, suck him in, because he likes to go really wide out and run in that space where he wasn't. It's kind of like when the corner blitz comes, you throw it right where the corner wasn't. Exactly. That's how you beat him. Now, it's, it's a 50-50 type of thing. You also got to get Walker established because, you know, the key number, again, is when Walker rushes for over 100 yards, Michigan State has beat opponents by 20 points or more. When Walker rushes for less than 100 yards, the average, I think, is uh, f- the average, I think, is like five. And that's throwing out the Youngstown State game. Okay. Because well, he had six carries. Young, or yeah, he had six carries. So th- you throw that out. Yeah, in the games where he played the entire game and rushed for less than 100 yards, average margin of victory, five. In the other games, average margin of victory, 20. So getting him a run, and a lot of this he's going to have to do on his own because we talked about it. Michigan State's offensive line, not necessarily the greatest thing. It, it's, it, it's, it's difficult, but I don't know. Walker is going to have to hit the holes, and he's going to have to do pull a little Barry Sanders and kind of do it on his own. Absolutely. But if he could pick up, and, and Walker has to know that every play does not have to go 75 yards, take what you get and move on. And you got to break some tackles because that's the one thing that Corum does and Haskins does well. They break tackles. They run right through tackles. In order for Michigan State to win, you got you can't let those guys break tackles. You got to get the tackles for loss going. You got to you got to make sure that a one yard gain stays a one yard gain and doesn't become a four yard gain. You got to make sure that if you catch somebody in the you catch Corm in the backfield, it's a two yard loss and not a five yard pickup. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And uh, for MSU, in order for them to win, I am going to stack the line, and I may bring six, seven guys and put them in the box, and Basically say, Cade, you have to beat us. And that's also telling your corners, you're not cheating. Right. This isn't about you. You stay on your man. Guys. That's what I worry about the most with Michigan State's defense. And I I talked to you a little bit about this, and you can shut me down again. It's J.J. McCarthy out of that option. I worry that just like you and I watching the game, we know it's a run play. I worry that some of those corners are going to get with their eyes caught in the backfield and he's going to dump one over the top. That's see, what I If J.J. I McCarthy about. comes in the game, then I run the jailbreak blitz. Okay, the same so don't blitz even let him have that chance. The same blitz that you saw, they, what they did to Denard Robinson, what they did to Devin Gardner. I'm not going to let you throw the ball. And if you do, you're going to take a hit. Mm-hmm. You're going to know. I'm not going to give you a clean look. I'm not going to let you have a pocket. I'm going to bring more people than you can block. And now you're going to have to chase and run the ball. And the level of difficulty changes when you got to throw the ball on the run. And before you're like, well, he threw the ball across the – okay, once again, you're playing Western Michigan and there was nobody seriously after him. I'm talking about running for your life because you got five guys in green who literally hate you and want to take your head off. Once again, cue the game from Devin Gardner. When he walked off the field in a bloody jersey, spitting up blood, he was done. He took a beating all game long. So if J.J. comes in, I immediately in the two weeks have a whole change of defense. Yeah, we, th- this young fella won't feel comfortable at all. I'm going to make him hesitant in throwing that ball. I'm going to make him see ghost out there. So, no, you don't just drop back. No, no, no. I would do the opposite. I would bring pressure. Maybe even, heck, uh, 
I leave X back at safety and tell your corners, your man up, and everybody else, go get them. And that and that's what my point is, that like your corners have to play their best game. And I'll be honest, uh, Kimbrough's really impressed me. And Ronald Williams, after he was a little shaky at first, he's played really well as of Kimbrough late. has impressed me, but Kimbrough is a walking pass interference penalty. He gets away oh, with a lot absolutely of Absolutely he is. I agree with that. It's one of those that, you know what, it works for your team, but I'm telling you, if he played for Michigan, I'd be like, this dude, is, he checks, he grabs, he clutches, he does all of this stuff. I would point out to the refs, but... Well, you remember last year's game, Joel Klatt kept saying, well, if this is the way the game's going to be oh, played, it's going to be very oh, tough for God. Michigan because they have handsy corners, and if that's the way the game what, – what, what do you mean, Joel? You mean the game's called like it should be? Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Okay, so we've talked about both sides. I have to get your opinion on this. It seems like current players don't really talk trash. But boy, do former players like to talk trash. Yeah, they they they, they still do. Hold on. I do, I do want to hit one more okay. thing. It amazes me. A couple things, actually. Only in Detroit media can big plays become a negative thing. But Detroit media has now turned, well, Michigan State scores too quickly, and they, they have too many big plays. Like, wh- why do you go see the Golden State Warriors to go watch Steph Curry? Why would you go see the Kansas City Chiefs? Because of Patrick Mahomes and the big play. But only in Detroit. But why did people go see Oregon when Chip Kelly was the coach right. and they went to the uh, national well, title game? They, they score. And, yeah, well, these big plays that they have, it's like, guys, big plays are fun. Big plays, like, only here in this Michigan blue wall media can you turn oh. big plays into something that's a negative. I have to understand this. What is the basis of the story? The basis of the story is, well, Michigan State's no good unless they get these big plays and you know they can't just do whatever they they score in chunks and you know that's not a good thing it's like but it is it's a score a score is a score is a score is a score it's, it's the same way that we score. talk about Michigan being methodical right. with what they do but once again in, in this city so couldn't you argue back and say okay well then Michigan takes too long to score and you can't use that no, much time no because they can grind out the clock and they can do this and it's like yeah but grinding out the clock when you're down dude, 10 points doesn't it's, help it's, anybody it's 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 why I, don't get- I, I often wish I could experience this rivalry living in another state because it, the, it, it's just the the amount of slurping that goes on in some of the media for Michigan. I mean, the Mel Tucker piece, the hit piece. He comes out and says, guys, I'm focused on the game, and I actually respect that. Oh, well, he's uncertain. No, he just said he's focused on the game. Well, and the headline was crap. So whoever wrote that, blaming him for Dude, a discre- that's, distraction? That's when you walk in there and you can't tell me that they didn't have two articles already pre-written. If he says he denies it, well, he said this before at Colorado, yep. so how can we believe him? Oh, he didn't address it. Oh, he didn't address it with his team. So what's going on here? And it's like, really? This is what we do now. Okay. All right. So, but yet, if Jim Harbaugh's ever mentioned for a head coaching job, all we were told was to we'll shut find, up. You know it's what? Never we'll find happening. out. We'll, yeah, we'll find out what Jim eats for breakfast. Hey, 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 Jim, what what did you have for breakfast? The other thing too, <clears throat> I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, Michigan State got a lot of transfers, so they don't know what it's like to be in this rivalry game." I would say this: No, they don't. They're going to be told, but they have the mentality of. They're still from the island of misfit toys. Absolutely. So they left the place where and they're still trying to earn their spot. But if you're going to believe that, then you have to also do the flip side. This Michigan assistant coaches 
other than Mike Hart, and I guess Bellamy, know what this game means. Mike McDonald has never coached in this rivalry. I read a quote from running one of the running backs and said Mike Hart hasn't said anything about the rivalry yet. No, oh, come on. And I don't believe that for oh, a second okay, because he's yeah. the reason the rivalry is what it is today. But you're right. But one thing that fans are forgetting when you talk about these transfers that Michigan State got in and they're not going to understand it, they do know one of their transfers played at that school last year. Right. I'm pretty sure that kid is in everybody's ear saying, this is what we said about you last year. And then you got Aiden Hutchinson basically saying, yeah, he's my roommate. But, you know, I hope at the end of the game he's going to regret transferring. I don't talk to the kid anymore and blah, 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 and just kind of. But yeah, but back to what you're saying with the former players. Okay, so I didn't I didn't know that about that story, and that one's going to drive me crazy, and it's going to take everything for me to not go back at it. But that that's one of the silliest things I've ever heard. And was it behind a paywall? Which one, Aiden Hutchinson? No, the story about Michigan State scores too quick. Oh no, that's just everybody. That's from John Jansen on. I mean, oh. it's just oh, well, they score too quickly. Right. All they are are big plays. I don't care. Give me seven-yard touchdowns yeah, you know or seven-yard touchdowns. And the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl off of big plays. Yes. Any, anywho, Taylor Lewan, former Michigan tackle, right? Very good player. You mean the guy who went one and four Correct. against Michigan State? You mean the guy who allegedly, in air quotes, bullied a victim? Not mm-hmm. to show up to Brandon Gibbons' rape trial? Mm-hmm. That Taylor Lewan? Yeah, that Taylor guy. Taylor Lewan who... Hurled racial epithets to Will Golston until Will Golston shut that stuff down mm-hmm. with the throat punch. Yep. That t- okay. Same guy. Scumbag. Yep. So he no goes scumbag. Okay. on Twitter yesterday. Just four days till we go to little brother's house. Yeah. And then follows that up after people tweeted at him. Dude, you were one in four against that school. Maybe you should pipe down a little right. with the Good old Michigan comeback of 71, 37, and 5. Yeah. Um, How much does that play in the locker room for Michigan State? I mean, it, it basically just adds to the disrespect. But, I mean, it's the rule of this. Unless you had an even or winning record against State, shut the hell up. Dude, you know what you're known for in the Michigan's Michigan State rivalry? Running off the field like a little bitch <laughs> when you lost the game. And Will Golston basically making you his hand puppet and throat punched you and took you down to the ground. Yep. And that's what we know of you, Taylor. You're insignificant when it came to that rivalry. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you bullied a girl so that she wouldn't appear at a rape trial. Hell, he's insignificant in the grand scheme of Michigan football. Right. You didn't win there, dude. You won nothing. Top pick. Okay, well, Good. congratulations. Many of Michigan athletes you, you, are top You know pick. what? You should have been MVP of the MAC because that's what you dominated. And you know what you should go do? Then go talk to Jake Long. Go see what it's really like to be if the top you, pick. If you won the game, talk your trash. That's what I'm saying. Like, but but it, if you – it's like I'll give him credit. Devin Gardner doesn't say much. No. What can he say? But you know what? Devin Bush can say it all. Right. Because you know what he did? He talked it, and then and he, he backed, backed it up. up. It's like when Denard Robinson would come out and be like, oh, little brother, like, dude, you sucked in that game. Yep, you threw you, picks that cost your team. You couldn't run the ball. Right. You were nothing in those games. When they came out and said, well, Tony Lippett, as the practice QB, playing Denard actually played better than the real Denard, you sucked. But you know what? I just wonder. To quote Mark D'Antonio, a lot of things, what they do, amuse me. <laughs> 
Well, and and it also goes to what he said. It's the program. Right. It's them. Oh, it's, it's, it's not like a Jansen coach. swears up and down. We don't teach that. They're like, you do teach arrogance. When and you, you know, walk in, you take I'm better than you, 101, uh, hail to the victors and screw everybody else, uh, tech, visit, you know, you're doing the labs and, and how to do lab work. And you know what? As much as I said this to John when I first met him, I said I wanted to hate you, but I really can't because you did at Michigan what I've always heard that Michigan does. I'm like, you're the one. Well, you and like 100 other kids, but you're the one, right? They call themselves the leaders and the best. Right. Is there anything more arrogant than that other than, like, no. and, and, Michael and, and, Jordan putting air on dude, his own car? The fact that Vincent Gray comes out and says, yeah, we really didn't pay much attention. And now silly. they have their – every opponent is nameless and faceless. And Aiden Hutchinson thing was taught – we just they're, they're, everybody's nameless and faceless. So we don't get caught up in that, that stuff. It's like, Well, you need to because guess what? That other team saying, gets caught up in it. Yeah, it's basically saying, well, we don't really care about you. I mean – Okay, we're, 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 we're so beyond you, we're just going to just – you're just a haze right now. You're not a real person. Well, you got Mel Tucker during his press conference, and he said, there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't hear about this game. Right. There are plenty of days that go by at Michigan they don't hear about this game. Right. Plenty. So, because their main goal is at the end of the e- year. Evan, when, when you hear the phrase, multiple players say, we're going to be ready this time. You, you want to know why you keep getting your ass kicked? Think of it like this. <clears throat> For guys like uh, the, the mouth breather Taylor Lewan, both, you know, bringing up the 78, whatever. Okay, though half of those victories came when, okay, <clears throat> season was stopped because of World War I and World War II. Those victories came when, Evan, you and I couldn't do a podcast together because I would have to come through the back room and stay in the kitchen. I wasn't allowed to do things. Black people weren't allowed to play football, let alone be treated as people. Women couldn't vote. You had to do whatever your husband said. Honey, go in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. Daddy's home. I make the I make the money, and you just clean up the house, June Cleaver. So when they talk, oh, and and when they talk about this arrogance, yeah. When you look at since I think Michigan State joined the Big Ten, you're looking at, I think, 38, 31, and 5. Big difference. Well, and, <clears throat> hey, numbnuts, in the last 20 years, you know what the record is? <laughs> 10 and 10. We're still doing this little brother stuff? I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Evan? In my 30 for 30 voice, what if I told you, what if I told Michigan fans that after you played that historic game at Ohio State and you lost it, you were one versus two, okay, that for the next 15 years, you would only beat Ohio State one time and you would lose to Michigan State two out of three games. That if Michigan State wins, they would be 10 and 15. That means they've won two thirds of the games in the last 15 years. Mm. They beat Ohio State one time. You don't get to be leaders and best when Northwestern has made it to Indy twice. Nebraska. Nebraska. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Iowa. Well, if they play in the other division, doesn't matter. 
Okay. In Harbaugh's term, Michigan State and Penn State have gone. It can be done. You just haven't done it. You haven't gone. So I don't want to hear that. All that. The fact that they admit they weren't prepared last year. You can't sit here and say Michigan State acts like it's their Super Bowl when you don't do your homework. Well, and, and you know what? So be it. Right. Don't so give me, be it. Well, it's I a, didn't expect that because for as much as I hear the talk with Michigan State has a bunch of transfer players, you got a bunch of assistant coaches who have never gone through this. Clinksdale, he's never gone through this. No. Mike, Mike McDonald, never gone through this. So if you're going to use one, you got to use the other. And you know what? When I when I hear that, the, the, the all-time record, they have nothing else to go to. Yeah. And they, they realize. Dude, that's, yeah, they're, they're still claiming victories when they played. They played the YMCA, That's the, the Salvation last. Army, when they played high school teams, when they played the, I think, the Windsor uh, Optical Club. And I do believe they played the School for the Deaf. And that's not a slam. Check the Michigan history. They played the School for the Deaf. Well, and, and listen, and don't get me wrong. Growing up, Michigan was always the far superior team to Michigan State. They were. Every once in a while, State would get a win, and I understand that. But times change, right? Yeah. And if you don't think times change, go look at the last 15 years how you've done. The fact that Michigan has not won a Big Ten since 2004 when I was going to Specs Howard. I have now worked here for 17 years. Yeah. The, the thing that I there love best. There are kids best, that they're recruiting right now. And and I hope, man, God, you know, Evan, we may have to do a second podcast. We've got a whole bunch of You know of what? If stuff. you want to rip one tomorrow, I got no part with doing We may have two. to do one for just stuff outside the game. Because there is. We broke down the game in this one. But it's the stuff, the whole game day thing. Everything. Let's do it. Okay. Tomorrow we will release another one. All right, tomorrow, tomorrow no problem we'll do doing it. So okay. We'll have part two, and uh, because I got so much more to say too, because everything from the walk up to the game, the the fans, like you said, the tailgates. I think I yeah, think let's we do. let's do another one tomorrow. So I'm going to save this question from Jake until tomorrow. Sorry, Jake. Uh, well, I can answer one real quick. Does uh, Michigan State have a shot with Harper Woods wide receiver Tayshawn Trent since he decommitted from Michigan? I'll put it like this: They have a shot. They're not interested. It really is that simple. What about the kid from West Virginia that just decided to transfer? Uh, I think that that, that now that's a possibility. Uh, DeVille Washington. Yeah, tall he's, kid, yeah, six he's four from Bay West City. Virginia. He was a wide receiver. They flipped him over to a linebacker. I think he's damn. A, yeah, he, I think he's a second cousin of Charles Rogers. Okay, first or second cousin of Charles Rogers. He should have went to Michigan State to start off with, but he went out to West Virginia. It was during the final days of Mark. Okay. Um. I know he's interested in coming back. I don't know what level the staff is looking at him. So it it, it kind of depends. But, you know, being that you're related to the Rogers family probably helps. Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm going to have a two-part question. Oh, I, no, no. I got a question for you. Oh, my okay. Friend. So then I'll save both parts for tomorrow. I got a question for you, my friend. So we get the Mel Tucker, the LSU. His name is out there. Evan, here's my question for you. Let's play a little game, hypothetical. I feel like Jigsaw here. Okay. I'm not cutting my foot off. (laughs) Mel Tucker leaves after one year at Michigan State to go to LSU. Uh Uh-huh. But it means he goes undefeated, wins an Indy, wins a playoff game, but loses to Georgia in the championship game. See ya. But this means he's gone. See ya. He's never coming back. See ya. I have no problem with that because that is that's the glory land. And and listen, if one coach can do it after Mark D'Antonio, then I I think a second one can do it. 
You just have to keep getting the right guys that understand what Michigan State is. Michigan State can be a great place. Right now it's a very good place. And the coaches that realize it, I think, are the ones that will excel. The ones that can – Mel Tucker instantly came in as a Michigan State Spartan. He hated Michigan first and foremost, right? And that's that's what I think you need as a Michigan State head coach. I don't think John L. had that hatred like he should have if he did it a crazy way. Nick Saban only hated it because he wasn't the biggest show in town. Right. And it had nothing to do with that team other than his ego is what he hated. Right. And I think, you know, that's what you need. You need a guy. And so I think if they can do it once, they can do it twice. And mm-hmm. and if they were to do that, Rico, I think there would be a lot of coaches that would want that job because you're in a very good position because there's not a lot of kids from this team that I can see going pro. Okay. So, no, that was just my question to you. So if you Wait, want to... wait till mine. It won't be as in-depth, but it's going to be a good one. All right. All right. So we'll come back, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow because, yeah, I, I got I to talk about the whole game day debacle and – ESPN's Mia Co. Well, we didn't pick your school, but can, can we still come to the party? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would gave you the boot, but yeah, we'll do more tomorrow. Today was more technical, more about the game. Tomorrow's going to be everything atmosphere, of, of atmosphere, horrible yeah, friends, you know, former Michigan player scumbaggery type of stuff. So <laughs> I'm we'll sure we'll about, see more of this. Week. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends. Subscribe to the Five Star Zone. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Guys, we will be back tomorrow.